You are listening to The Great Light Podcast, a resource aimed at building up the body of Christ and engaging the lost. This podcast is a production of Great Light Studios. For more information and resources, or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook or YouTube. If you would like to support this program and the ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so easily and securely through our website. There, you can also find both video and audio versions of the podcast. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says, For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words taught not by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So the the reason I'm reading that is because I think in that, it kind of um, gives a good uh, uh, groundwork, a good direction for what what my goal is with these um, foundation uh, uh, episodes that we're going to do. So it talks here about a spiritual truth, spiritual truth, spiritual wisdom, uh, things that are are not natural and they're not naturally understood. Um, it talks about who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him. And so God has thoughts that, like Isaiah 55 says, uh, they're higher than ours and they're uh, they're above ours. Um, and we need his thoughts. As we're reading scripture, we need to know God's mind. And only the spirit of God, as we're studying through his word, only God's spirit, this, only the spirit of a man that is in him can, can know uh, the thoughts that he has. And so we need God's spirit to give us his thoughts as we're reading through the Bible to know what is he really trying to communicate here. Um, and so I say that because as we go into this, um, I'm aware that I need God's spirit both to help me to know his thoughts and for those who listen to understand the spiritual truths that I think we can we can find and, and unpack in the Bible. And so we're going to start in, in Genesis, and and we're not going to do a chapter by chapter verse all the way through the Bible. That's not really the purpose of this. But I want to start at the beginning to kind of see, um, again, unpack some of the the spiritual truths that I think are contained in Genesis. And there's there's so many different directions you can go with Genesis. So many different topics and, and arguments and debates around this 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 chapter about young Earth or old Earth, um, evolution or or uh, or not or um, is is Adam and Eve, are they literal people or or is this all symbolic? There's so many, you know, there's debates and questions and things like that. That That's not really the purpose of what I'm going to talk about in, in, in at least right now. So my, my goal with Genesis is to unpack uh, Christ, to find Jesus. Um, again, like Jesus said to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have life, but uh, they're talking about me. They're testifying about me. And so I don't think that necessarily means that every verse, every word, every dot is somehow 
saying Jesus. But I think the, the ultimate message behind the book of Genesis, if we understand the spiritual truth behind it, I think we'll understand that it's actually, it's pointing to Christ. It's saying something about him and he's the point. He's the, he's the goal. He's the, the hero. And so Genesis 1, starting at the very beginning, that's kind of what I want to start to unpack. And I think this stuff isn't just um, high, lofty, uh, uh, you know, just useless knowledge uh, about deep things that don't really impact our lives. I think when we understand, start to unpack some of these things, it's things that actually will and do impact our life and can, and can help us to find more freedom and discover more of, of who God is and who we are, um, which which leads us to freedom and, and peace and righteousness. And so I think there's great benefit in talking about this beyond just gaining some sort of, uh, you know, high lofty spiritual knowledge. I think there's um, so much practical benefit to unpacking some of these things that ultimately I think will lead us to a greater ability to worship God and to know him and see him see the the beauty of who he is and the story um, that he's ultimately telling through the scriptures. Um, so that's that's the introduction hopefully gives a little bit of direction about where we're going. And so what I want to do right now is I, let's start in Genesis 1. And, and in this episode, we're, we're not going to get past the first verse of Genesis because I think there's so much being communicated even in in this first the first half of the first verse of Genesis. So um, let me let me go ahead and read that. It says, uh, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." <clears throat> so, in the beginning, God. Stop. I think right there, right there. There's so much uh, packed into that that one. Uh, phrase. But what we're seeing there is that in the beginning, uh, God existed. And so Psalm 90 uh, verse 2, it says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place through all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So one thing we're seeing in uh, Genesis 1 1 is that God was in the beginning. He he's he's eternally existed. He wasn't brought into being like the rest of creation, but he is the very source of all creation. In the beginning, God. He was there in the beginning. Um, so Habakkuk uh 1 12, it says, Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my holy one? So God, where's God from? Where did God come from? He came from everlasting. So he came from always existing. He is the source of existence. I think these these concepts as you're talking as I'm talking about them as you're hearing them it's just things that are just beyond comprehension beyond being able to I think lay out some sort of scientific diagram of how it works. I think um but I think when we start to think about these things it's it's again I think it will lead to worship uh, as we see who God is. And so um, Deuteronomy 33, 27, it says, The eternal God is your dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. So again, all these verses throughout Scripture, and there's many more, they just kind of help to unpack this first part of Genesis. One, one aspect of what it's saying, in the beginning, God. So God is eternal. He's always existed. He's 
from everlasting past to everlasting future, you are God, is what um, I believe Psalm 90, which is Moses speaking, says. So God is in Exodus. I think we get a little bit more um, unpacked about this. In Exodus 3, 13 through 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also told Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, he has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is how I am to be remembered in every generation. Moses asked when when God was telling him to go to Egypt, lead the Israelites out of slavery, Moses said, who who should I say is sending me? The name God gave to Moses, he, he said, tell them I am has sent you. I am who I am. God is the I am. What does that mean? Uh, what's the significance of that? God is self-sufficient, he's self-sustaining, and he's eternally existing as God. He just is. God just, uh, again, if you ask the question, where did God come from? He He just is. He, he always has been, um, and he always will be. He is the I am. Um, unlike the false gods of Egypt, and the surrounding nations, God revealed himself to Moses as the the one who is in control of all things and has power over all creation. Um, I think later on, more and more revelation began to to be given about that there there was no other God. God is the only God, the I am, and and there's uh, exclusively one uh, God, one creator. And so I think all this is contained within that statement that when God says, I am as his name. But here, here's something that this is this is something that sticks out to me most about that, and and I think is something that we can take practically from that name of God. Um, I think when when um, he was telling Moses uh, that his name is I am, I think one aspect of what he's saying is that I am everything that you need. I am everything. You know, he's telling the Israelites to to kind of even begin to communicate the character of this God, that this, this God, his very name is, uh, is that I am your source. I am the source of all things. I am, I am everything that you might need, every lack that you might have, every want, every, every, uh, uh, necessity for life. I am the source. I will be everything you need. And I think practically, uh, he was saying that to Moses about what what he was about to have to uh, undertake and leading the people out of Israel. And he was telling Moses to communicate that to the Israelites about himself. Uh, and we see that being played out where he would provide, he would provide uh, manna from heaven. He provided water from the rock. Ultimately, those were, um, I think, aspects of him communicating that truth that I am. I am provision. I am source. Um, I am everything you need. And so Genesis 1.1 then, when it says, in the beginning, God, it's almost the same as in the beginning, I am. In the beginning, just God was there. There's no explanation of how he got there. Uh, the, the explanation is that he just is. Um, I think, again, he's the, the source of existence. As we all know, I think as most of us are probably aware, Jesus uh, personally uh, put that name upon himself. So in John eight fifty eight, Jesus said to them, uh, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. So I think what's happening there is that Jesus is 
basically correlating himself. He's equating himself with the very God who led the Israelites out of Egypt. He's, he's communicating that he is that God. He is the, the I am. He is the source. And, and so, again, this is something that Jesus unpacked in his ministry where he would say um, so many, Jesus said so many I am statements, but they, they went more like, like I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am living water. Um, so what Jesus is communicating, I think, is that the God who created all things, he is one with, he is equal to that God. So Jesus is is revealed throughout the rest of the scriptures as the the source. So God is the source of everything uh, we see in the beginning in Genesis 1, and scriptures reveal that Jesus is that God. He is the ultimate revelation of that God who is the I am, the source uh, of all things. Everything we need, everything we will ever need is, is Christ himself. He is that provision. I think in Genesis 1-1, right here at the very beginning, I think we're seeing uh, the gospel. Um, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. Right up front, it's kind of telling us what I get, what I get from that is it's saying this is a story, what's about to happen, what you're about to read, what, what this is, is a story not about us, not about man. This is a story about God. Um, the story begins with God. In the same way that the good news of the gospel, uh, it begins with God. The good news of our salvation, it begins with God, his abilities, his power, his grace, and his goodness, and not our own. So I think we can get from this verse uh, the gospel, in the beginning God. And so in Genesis 1, what it's telling us is that this story is not about what man can be and do for God but it's about what God is and what God will do for man. This is a story about God's glorious grace and power toward us and toward his creation. This is about God's love and his goodness toward his creation. And he's the first, he's the source, he's the beginning of that story. And it's not about man's power or abilities to get to God. So with our daily lives, with our daily struggles, with, with our needs, with our wants, with our anxieties, our, our, our struggles with sin and temptation, whatever it is, the beginning point to find deliverance, to find salvation, to find freedom and peace, the starting point that we, all, we need to always go back to, that we always have to recognize, and that Genesis 1 is telling us, is God. If, if you want freedom, if you want deliverance, if you want the gospel working in your life, well, the beginning where you have to start is with God. We we and so I think it's it's human nature. The the natural response is to rely on self, to rely on our own strength, our own abilities. But Genesis 1, in the beginning, God. God must be the beginning of all of our pursuit even of God, of our pursuits of holiness, of righteousness, of overcoming sin. All these things, we have to start out with God's goodness and grace toward us. We have to begin with knowing who God is. And from that place, then we walk out righteousness and holiness. When we when we receive the good news, when we receive and understand the story of God's love toward us, that God first loved us, then we can love him. And so the story begins with God in the same way that the gospel 
begins with God. And I think that verse I just mentioned is such a great summarization of what I'm trying to say there, that we love because he first loved us. In the beginning, God loved us, and that empowers us to receive that, to receive that love by faith and then to be transformed. So this word beginning is very significant. And what we're going to find is that even here in this first phrase, we're seeing what Jesus said about how all the scriptures talk about him. They speak about him. We're seeing that that's contained even uh, within the first verse of, of Genesis. I think we're seeing the scriptures speaking about Christ. So Isaiah 44, 6, it says, Thus says the Lord, the King and Redeemer of Israel, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and there is no God but me. Colossians 1.18, speaking about Jesus, it says, And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Then in Revelation 1.18, uh, Jesus says, and both we see both God the Father and Christ claiming this about themselves. They'll say, I am the Alpha and the Omega, uh, so this is the alphabet, the, the, I'm A to Z, I'm, I'm the beginning to end, says the Lord God, who is and was and is to come, the Almighty. God was in the beginning, but then about Jesus, it said that he is the beginning and that he is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. So when when I look at Genesis 1-1, what I'm seeing is Christ being revealed already. And, and we understand that, we unpack that as we uh, see the revelation of the New Testament. So I think, I think what this is telling us then, Genesis 1 is telling us that this is a story of good news about God's goodness and love toward humanity uh, that ultimately is going to be displayed and fully revealed um, in Jesus. So 1 Peter 1.20, it says, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. So he was foreknown before the foundation of the world. So Jesus has always been the plan. He's, he's, and who knows how that works, how that all works in the mind of God and how God's sovereignty all plays out. But what we know is that Jesus has always, he's been the plan, the plan to be the point of the Bible, the point of what the scriptures are ultimately pointing to before the world was even uh, created. Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is they that bear witness about me. So Genesis 1, I believe, it's bearing witness about uh, Jesus. And, and it's telling us something about him, which ultimately is telling us something about who God is, what his, what, what his thoughts are toward us, and how we can, can and should respond to him and pursue righteousness. So uh, one more, Luke 24, 27. Um, Jesus on the road to Emmaus, uh, the road to Emmaus um, says, "In beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself." What does all this mean for us today? Um, again, it means that God is the beginning; He's the point, and He's the focus of of the story of Genesis. It's it's uh, it's a story about how good God is, and it's not a story about how good we are. It's a story about God's power and his abilities. It's not a story uh, about our power and our abilities. So whatever dark, desperate situation you are in, even if it is the result of your own guilt and sin, God is the starting point of your redemption and salvation in that situation. Um, so again, I think it's human nature to try to look 
to other sources, um, whether it's ourself or whether it's things around us, to fill in the void of our souls or to find victory over sin or to find peace and rest. But Genesis 1 is telling us that God is the beginning. He must be the, the, the starting point of all our attempts to find freedom and rest for our souls. Um, so don't begin with your own efforts and energies to make yourself better or to fix your impossible situation. Begin with God, looking to him and embracing all that he is for you. Lastly, God is the I am. He is the self-sufficient, eternally existing, all-encompassing uh, provision for you and me. He is all that we need him to be for us. And, and so this, this is a statement that could be taken in a weird way. This doesn't mean that God just becomes whatever we want. It means that when we understand and realize who God is, his character, his personality, his attributes, his goodness, his promises for us, his thoughts about us, when we start out, when we when that's the foundation of our lives, when that's the foundation of, of our pursuits, of all that we do, when when that is the beginning, that I think is where true life and peace comes from. I think that's the way God ultimately designed human beings to function is, is when we start out knowing that God is the source. So in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God was, God is. And so he is the source, and uh, we must look to him um, for, for all of our needs as the I am um, for our lives. You have been listening to The Great Light Podcast. To find more information and resources or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to support this program and partner with the Ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so through our website. There you can also find both video and audio versions of this podcast.